Facebook. So who has the best summer weather story? Let's find out on the Weather Jazz Podcast. It's Open Line Friday. Alrighty, we have made it. It is Friday, and it's June 11th, 2021. Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast, mostly about anything and everything weather, science, earth science, and a whole lot more. I'm your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast. I'm Bray Bernier, and I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. This is episode number 202. And again, it's Friday, June 11, 2021. And as you just heard, yes, we have a winner of the Extra Mile book that uh, we did uh, kind of a, a, a sort of fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants contest kind of a thing. I thought it up at the last minute last week on a Friday put it out there and we had a pretty decent response and so we have a winner and the winner today i'll tell you this much is from north carolina and coming up in just a little bit we will not only share with you who the winner is but we'll also play that great summer weather memory Even though this person lives in North Carolina, their memory is from Nantucket Island, not too far from where I grew up, and that would be in New Bedford, Massachusetts, which kind of is a good dovetail to my weather memory from summer, at least one of them. And one of them is New England's record high temperature day. And it was actually in, you know, New Bedford is a coastal town. You wouldn't think that New Bedford, Massachusetts would have New England's record, all-time record high temperature out of all of the states. And that includes Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine. Out of that entire region, New Bedford on August the 2nd, 1973, it was a Saturday afternoon, had and saw and experienced the highest temperature uh, anywhere in New England. And that was 107 degrees, 107. That is hotter than Cleveland. And of course, I've been in Cleveland now for 33 plus years. And I was here for that particular event. That was 104 degrees. That was set on June the 25th, 1988. And our staff at WJW Television on that Saturday was having the uh, staff picnic. And we were at Hinkley Reservation. I still remember the day very, very clearly because I was really tuned to NOAA Weather Radio that day because we had the potential of seeing a new record high temperature. And the old uh, all-time record high temperature was in jeopardy. And it was about 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and I still remember listening to the National Weather Service observations being read off 
at that hour, and it was 104 degrees. And I remember turning to Dick Goddard, who was our very long-running chief meteorologist at the time, and I said, Dick, 104 degrees. And he said, no. I said, Dick, 104 degrees. And he said, no. And I said, Dick, we reached 104 degrees. And that really got his attention the third time. He turned around, looked at me quizzically and said, really? (laughs) And I said, yep, absolutely, 104 degrees. And one of the reasons we hit 104 degrees that day, and it wasn't particularly humid, In fact, it was quite dry. I think dew points were in the 50s that day. Uh, And that's one of the reasons we hit 104 degrees that day. We had stiff southwest wind. It was uh, a dew point that was on the dry side. Had the dew point been any higher, uh, the energy, the sun's energy would have gone into the water molecules, which act like a heat capacitor and really keeps the temperature Uh, away from those record territories, but that wasn't there that day, and so we hit 104 degrees, but uh, here I was, a youngster in southern New England, and that was on August 2nd, 1975. I was uh, 16 years old at the time, and I still distinctly remember on that Saturday afternoon being on our porch and reading my uh, sixes thermometer, which is a very, uh, very high-end thermometer, very accurate and very, very reliable. I still have that thermometer today, by the way. It's uh, made by Taylor, and it was on a shady column on the north side of our house, and I kept looking at it going higher, 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 and it reached 107. It didn't feel like 107, and for the same reason, the dew points were in the 50s, and we had a stiff northwest wind, which was essentially a catabatic wind or a downslope wind. And whenever you have those downslope winds from the mountains, the Green Mountains of Vermont and the Berkshires, it tends to compress and heat up. Well, they got superheated that day, and uh, the result, New Bedford, Massachusetts, has the all-time record high temperature for New England at 107 degrees. It didn't feel like 107. It probably felt more like somewhere in the upper 90s, uh, but nonetheless, it was still a shocking thing to read on my own thermometer, which was only one mile away from the airport, which also read 107. So it stands to reason with my very reliable sixes thermometer from Taylor that it matched New Bedford Airport's temperature of that particular day of 107 degrees. So that's one of my weather memories. Going to do a little cleanup before we get into the winner of the book, The Extra Mile, from which we read last week. And in the event you missed out on that particular episode, it is my recommendation to go back to episode number 199 from last Friday, and let me read to you about my uncle Arthur's barometer from my book, and I'll also tell you where you can get the book, uh, as we only had one winner, and if you have any interest in the book, I'll tell you where you can get it, too. That'll be after the break. 
But I had a couple of images that I thought were interesting from the International Space Station that happened across the social media platforms earlier today. And so I'm going to post those two images on weatherjazz.com. The first one is of the English Channel. I actually recognized it when I saw it. I said, that looks like uh, the northern end of France and uh, the southern end of the uh, uh, English um, area or the the UK, the English Channel. And so that's on there. And the second one is a nighttime shot of Turkey, uh, which is really, really stunning. So go check those out. In fact, what you can do is actually click on the images at weatherjazz.com, and it will pull up uh, the larger image and fill the screen quite uh, beautifully. You can even save that if you want as a screensaver or maybe for your uh, phone or whatever. It's uh, really a stunning, stunning shot. So those are available on weatherjazz.com, episode number 202. Can you believe we're up there already? Way over 200. Okay, when we come back, I will reveal not only the winner, but another entry that was uh, notable and very interesting. So we'll share two stories that were called in to the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line. And just in case you're wondering what the phone number is, it's 234-525-5888. At any rate, we'll be right back with the winner of the book, The Extra Mile from North Carolina. That's coming up. Okay, welcome back. It's time now. I'm not going to waste any time. It's time to reveal who won the book, The Extra Mile. It was my first book published in 2011. And it's an autobiographical timeline. It's not necessarily about me, but you get to learn an awful lot about me because of the people that I write about. It is essentially about them, not me. It's about the people that came alongside me and really poured into me, invested in me, and walked with me the extra mile, which is where the book gets its name. And so the winner is Judy Brandau from Sneeds Ferry, North Carolina, beautiful coastal town. I've been there. Who knows, I might have even run into Judy at some point in our travels, and we were there, I think it was last year. At any rate, here's Judy's story that won her the book. Hi, Andre. My name is Judy, and I'm from North Carolina. My story concerns a childhood memory of a summer storm on Nantucket Island. The year was 1961. The telephone company had assigned my dad to rewire the island's telephone circuits, and he was allowed to bring his family with him. Crazy as it seems, in this age of cell phones, up to that time when my dad worked there, Nantucket Island had only one, maybe two large shared party lines. Well, for many, a summer on Nantucket is the ultimate in vacations. My three-year-old self would agree. I love the briny smell of salt air as we walk to the beach each morning, and I love the sweet pleasure of dinner strolls for vanilla ice cream. It's also said that 
summer squalls on Nantucket can turn violent. Well, I can tell you that's true. One evening after my younger brother and I had been tucked into bed, a storm rose up from across the water, and it howled. Thunder roared, lightning flashed. At one point, a large ball of light and a sonic boom actually jolted me out of bed. I fell on the floor. Sirens soon followed. I thought the world was ending. My mother scolded me for waking my brother, so I took matters into my own hands and spent the rest of the night under the bed with a pillow on top of my head. Interestingly enough, the topic came up in a conversation with my dad just a couple years ago. He remembered that storm too, but for entirely different reasons. He told me the crash I remembered had been a direct lightning strike on the telephone company building where he worked next door. The sirens had been the fire company trucks responding to potential disaster. My father recounted three months of painstaking, tedious wiring being destroyed in a nanosecond. He had to begin the project all over again the next morning. There is no moral to this story, but isn't it interesting how a person's viewpoint can change the perception of the same event? Boy, you sure have that right, Judy. That's without a doubt. And I think that's true of virtually anything that anybody can think of, including my two stories at the beginning of this particular episode about the hottest day of the year and the hottest day on record in New England. And that would be in New Bedford, August 2nd, 1975. While it was memorable for me in a meteorological sense, it might have been a really uncomfortable time for a lot of people using another perspective. Same thing on the June 25th, 1988 hottest day of the year at the all-time record high for Cleveland, 104 degrees. We were at a picnic, but I would imagine that there were probably a host of other people with another perspective whether it was one from a positive or even a negative experience. So perspective is indeed everything. I do have one more that I'd like to pull in here. Frank from Norwalk, he is a frequent contributor to this program with many great questions. As a matter of fact, we had a great question from him on Wednesday. Well, Frank gave us a call and also offered a great summer memory, and I wanted to at least include that and acknowledge that it was a pretty good story, too. So here's Frank from Norwalk. Hi, Andre. This is Frank from Norwalk. One of my favorite summertime memories is um, going back early in my marriage to my wife, Michelle. We'd gather a couple of friends and siblings, and we'd uh, bale straw. Um, we'd... It was always around uh, middle of July. And if conditions were right, and by that I mean it would be 90 degrees and, and sunny, um, you'd have no mechanical breakdowns or flat tires. You, you could just have an outstanding day of baling. Uh, we'd bale hundreds and hundreds of small square bales. Uh, we'd, we'd gather friends and... and uh, siblings and their children and we just would go at it and um, man we could bail oh over 1500 bales a 
small square bales, which is actually quite a feat with uh, when you think you're hauling it from the field up to the barn, unloading it, everything's by hand, you know. We didn't have any stackers or anything. We were just all doing it by ourselves. But it'd be lots of fun. You'd be telling stories and friendly teasing each other, ribbing each other type thing, reminisce of past years and, and while you're ranking, while you're working and you'd just be drinking gallons of Kool-Aid. And, and at the end of the day, you have a real sense of accomplishment when you would look at the mile and say, man, I, you just think to yourself, I did all that. I, that's just quite impressive to do something like that. And then, uh, and then you know, a lot of times we gather up. We was only like 15, 20 minutes from Lake Erie. We'd run down to Nickel Plate and uh, splash around in Lake Erie in the in the dark, and it'd be a, just a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, so that's my summer memory. Thank you, Frank. Indeed, that's a great memory, too. All were great. I appreciate everybody who participated in this exercise. We'll have more of those as we go along. We'll come up with some different things that will have you participating in using the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line. And, of course, you can use that absolutely anytime. If you have a question or a topic suggestion, or just want to call and say hello and let me know how it is you listen to Weather Jazz, whether it's on your morning run or just uh, messing around on the deck, maybe doing a little gardening, or in the car going to and from work. Love to hear about how it is you listen to Weather Jazz. So you can call me. It's 234-525-5888, the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect Line. Not to worry, as I always say, if you're listening to this in the car, you can just go to my website after you get to your destination, and that's simple, weatherjazz.com. Go to the bottom of any of the episode show notes, and you'll find all of the information that is there. You can also connect with me via email, and you can send me emails at weatherjazz at yahoo.com. Special thanks to all of you that partner to support Weather Jazz. We're going to highlight all of our partners every Friday. And beginning today, you can see who is partnering with Weather Jazz by going to weatherjazz.com and clicking on the support tab. So those of you that are making this program even more possible and expanding it to greater heights, I thank Victoria Singer from Vermont, from Ohio, Dale Osborne, Will Antonia Krause, Christine Barnes, and Rose Moore, from Florida, Bill Martin, and from Tennessee, Andrea Rich. And yes, indeed, I would love to add your name and state to this list. It's easy to become a supporter. You'll find the links at the bottom of every episode's show notes, and you can partner at any one of three levels, and the lowest is just 99 cents a month. If you are listening to Weather Jazz via one of the many podcast apps available, 
Remember to subscribe so that you can automatically download every episode as I make them available. And if you're in the Cleveland, Ohio area or plan to visit or simply traveling through, you can watch my 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. weekday weather segments on WJW Television, Fox 8, or online live at fox8.com or even now at weatherjazz.com by clicking on the Watch Live Now button and tab up top and clicking on the player and you'll be able to watch the newscast from there. Remember, if you're watching in any other time zone other than the Eastern time zone to make the adjustment necessary. That's 5 and 7 p.m. Eastern time zone. We'll see you Monday, Meteorological Monday. Another great episode, at least we hope so, right here on Weather Jazz. Weather and science.